Hey everybody and welcome back to the Off the Key podcast with Deep Dives, joined by your hosts, Mac, James, What up? And Garrett. And today we are continuing our Deep Dives Fishman's series with their second studio album, Kingmaster George. So we're gonna pick up where we left off with Chappie Don't Cry, give you a little background as to what the guys were doing in between these albums and leading up to it. So Let's go ahead and hit the ground running. Kingmaster George is the second studio album by the Japanese dub band Fishman's, released on October 21st, 1992 by the Media Remoris record label. So they were kind of hopping around. There's a little blurb on the Fishman's website that describes this album. thought it was kind of cute. For middle school students with delusions of grandeur, summer camp is not over. Who is George? A mysterious gag definitive of this classic Fishman's album. This album is an interesting one, to say the least. I think it's the most experimental in the Fishman's catalog, besides maybe Long Season, but that's a conversation for another time. Uh, You get a multitude of genres on this one. I mean, you get sunshine pop, jazz rock, there's ska punk on this album, there's more rock steady. Honestly, with this one, I feel like Fishman's were kind of throwing shit at a wall and seeing what stuck. I don't think it's that discombobulated, but it's, yeah. Definitely a little shitposting. Yeah, a little shitposting. To me, this record has, like, growing pains. They're clearly trying to find their musical footing on this one. Yeah. Yeah. And developing their signature style. And you get hints of it on this one. And they even make comments on that. So to kind of frame the timeline. So after Chappie Don't Cry, a few months later, they released their first EP, uh, self-released actually. It wasn't through Virgin Records, uh, Cordray's Mood. And I mentioned that EP before, but that is probably one of their most Shibuya K releases, period. Pretty solid EP. I enjoyed it a lot. We're going to talk about it in a different episode. It allowed them to kind of develop their sound a little more, this uh, Shibuya K style that I was talking about. The band used that material as self-inspiration for moving forward. So it was during this time that the band would actually get a song put onto a 90s Japanese Fuji TV sitcom called The 90 Days, 100mm Choto, which is actually on this album. First time I listened to this, I was like, man, this is an anime opening or something. This sounds like some, hey, like a really just, you know, explosive, you know, fun kind of song. And I was right. And honestly, you could say that about a lot of Fishman's style, you know. They rely on very jingly melodies, and that makes sense in line with the Shibuya movement. But anyway, after the release of this single, they wanted to continue the evolution of their sound, uh, wishing to avoid any release significantly resembling their last. And I definitely think they accomplished that on Kingmaster George. But it did kind of result in a, a transitional period for the band. And I think that's also re- reflected very strongly on Kingmaster George. I, I honestly think this record's kind of a mess, but it's a beautiful mess and I love it. They would continue performing live throughout 92, and they would begin uh, recording Kingmaster George, but uh, they decided to go with a different producer. This is the second producer they went with before they stuck with Zach for the rest of their career, Haruo Kubota. Apparently, recording with Kubota was uh, pretty frustrating and sporadic, making the transitional period for the Fishmans even more difficult, but they persisted. They powered through it. They really wanted to change their sound. They wanted to find their footing and develop as a band. Apparently, Haro was really difficult to work with. There was actually one personal account of the band where a particular recording session was very ridiculous because Kuboto was drunk off of sake. He called them into the studio in the middle of the night to record, and not much was accomplished. These antics would result in a record that was pretty inconsistent, in my opinion, but still has some very great shining moments. The album was eventually released, and the band's unwillingness to stagnate, even in these tense conditions allowed them to explore and find a new and exciting sound. I think it's a great album, but I do 
I do see what you're saying, and I think I agree, because it, it definitely sounds like it's a transitional album. It's not bad. Oh, it, it's not bad at all, and that's one thing I think is great. It, it's very hard to do that, because a lot of transitional albums are usually, like, either mid or just a little above average. Or awful. Or, or awful, <laughs> but... They actually did a really fucking good job. Well, I think it's because when they play around with a lot of genres, they're really not playing around with sound as much as they are tempos. Well, not only that, they hard stick to that rock steady foundation. Which gels it more. I think the biggest experimentation is with uh, some of the sounds the keyboard's making from like the more Shibuya stuff to the more, you know, Typical like piano and keyboard sounds, yeah, uh, through some of the tracks. That's where a lot of the experimentation is. Yeah, and along with the the production techniques, they do a little. They make a little uh, few production tricks and stuff like going wild with the reverb in some places or amping up the mix like crazy. There there are some parts in some songs that are almost like shoegazy to me. Yeah, actually, the end of the first track, the intro yeah. track, I was like, what is this? production at the end <laughs> yeah, you yeah. say you wanted re- 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 <laughs> y'all like blown out reverb first track is great though love it first two tracks are just banger Ugh. i freaking love seafood restaurant oh my god that is one of the most wild and energetic songs that fishman's has ever made and it's basically a ska punk song <laughs> yeah so question because i've only listened to the first four fishman's albums do they ever explore this again not really. The Rocksteady's still there, but they go into a stronger dream pop and psychedelic sound. Even a little bit of post-rock on their final album in Long Season. And you so you can already hear traces of that in this album. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Natitano, like I would call that a straight Shibuya K slash dream pop song. And there's also a lot of psychedelic in this yeah. as well. Yeah, especially Mineral on water. Uh, Mineral Water. Mineral Water, uh, Reindeer too. Is very, very psychedelic. Very psychedelic. That yeah. song, the production on that one in particular, you were talking about like yeah. the different production styles. Real shoegazy. Very shoegazy. Really psychedelic at some points. I was like, am I listening to the same album? I know. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of shows that they were really trying to experiment on this one and they really hard committed to that. It seems like on this album, they wanted to play with a bunch of different sounds and see what worked best for them. Uh, what surprises me about this one is how well they're able to execute on, on most of these styles. Yeah, agreed. And I think, again, I think that's part of what makes it a transition album that didn't fail. Not only did they execute well and all the experimentation they did, but they stuck to their foundation, to their roots, and they kept that consistent. I think that's kind of what glued the album together. That's really what is the only thing that's holding it together. I tend to agree, but ironically, uh, some of my least favorite parts of this album were the more traditional rock steady moments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Hage Dorobo. It was kind of more of their chappy don't cry sound. Yeah, if you it's, ask me. it's just straight up rock steady. And then every once in a while, you'll have you'll have like a horn little segment, or you'll have some keyboard flourishes, which I wish there were more of. But it's just that. Besides that, it's just I was going to say they change. Yeah. It gets a little jazzy. They they incorporate some of the things into those songs that it, I don't think it's quite like Chappie, just straight traditional, just straight rock steady. And all those songs, I think they do add a few little flares here and there. Like, yeah, you could argue that should have been more of that, but I think it was fine. I'm, I'm not as harsh on those songs as you guys are. Say though that the drumming in Kage was... is 
Chris is very Stuart Copeland esque, and I yeah. love it. I thought the drumming on this album in general, the hi hat yeah, work, was, the hi hat work is is just great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. This is something that I was going to comment on for sure. That the drummer and a lot of the rhythm section really is. They did a lot, a lot more on this album, adding a lot more rhythmic embellishments and just changing different rhythms and stuff as well. The bass lines on the first yeah. two songs. At incorporating more unorthodox beats, more jazzy beats, more almost at times like world beats. It was a very nice departure from the first album. And I agree with you, James. One of the biggest things that is a huge step up from their previous album is the rhythm section, the willingness to go outside of their comfort zone. I mean, Shinji Sato, vocally, he is playing with a bunch of different styles. You know, at one point he's doing a rock sound. Natitano, he's doing more of his traditional like dream pop stuff. I like that their willingness to experiment doesn't like override the quality of the the music. Yeah. Like they they experiment just enough. Now, I do think they get a little shit posty, especially on the uh <laughs> on some of the interludes. <laughs> like they have they have a few interludes on here that are like 30 sec or some of them even under 10 seconds. And it's just like 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 that? hamburger steak. <laughs> yeah. What was that? Hamburger. Or like a uh, Kimi Nakagad Diamond where he just literally says that and then it transitions into yeah. the next song. <laughs> I do love the interludes, though. They're short. They're very charming. They're funny. And yeah. Yeah, exactly. It displays the band's goofiness and their compelling charm, I guess. Yes. And I I like that a lot. Now, one of the key highlights for me was definitely Nantitano. And that track actually was not written by Sato. It was Mm. written by the keyboardist, uh, Hakase-sun. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, given that main melody. Yeah. You know, the do 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 That fucking earworm melody. I, I won't get that out of my head for another month. Hakusei-sun was such a great keyboardist for them. He came up with so many great keyboard melodies, riffs, and I hate that he left after Orange. Yeah. I know know that's kind of an aside, but yeah, it was really disappointing that he left after Orange. Yeah, he was actually very prominent on this album, for sure. He was a big part of a lot of the embellishments and a lot of the experimentation that they did hanging on Nantitano. Another part about the rhythm section, and this is a great, great drum beat. Oh yeah, it's, actually yes. It's actually a James Brown drum beat, drum beat or more. <laughs> is more, it really? Yes, it's almost note for note a slowed down version of Clyde Stubblefield's iconic funky drummer beat. Yeah, and I think they leveled up in general. It's definitely a, a transitional period, but I came away from this album mostly positive. You know, on first impression, when I first heard this, you know, a couple of years ago, I actually hated it. I actually disliked this album more than Chappie Don't Cry. Past Mac was a cat machine. So it actually took me a while to grow on this one. After giving it a few more listens, coming back to it for this, I realized how wrong I was. (laughs) I think this one is a general dub. I do think sometimes that it's all over the place nature is to its detriment. I think the pacing is very all over the place. Yeah, that's probably the worst part of this album is that the pacing is just crazy. (laughs) It's it's fun. It's a fun kind of crazy, but there are times where I'm like, whoa, and then it just dives. Yeah, it's if you were to look at this on a graph, it would be like an up and down, kind of like looking at a fucking cryptograph or something. There's no consistent rise or fall. It's just up and down, up and, and down. To go back to the TV opener song, uh, 100 millimeter Chorono, I actually like the upbeat tempo of that song i do i, I, I love when they go upbeat it's I'll very be it's very reminiscent of some anime soundtracks from the 90s and i really like that sound i think it works for them and i think fishman's succeeds when they go into a more i mean 
not always, but like they really do the upbeat, the kind of goofy, happy stuff really well. I'll be honest, I enjoy that way more than their more traditional rock stuff or their more chill like reggae stuff. stuff. Yeah, mm. I, I enjoy their up-tempo stuff a whole lot more. Yeah, and this album, I kind of wish they would have went back to more sounds on this album, but the direction they would go later on, I think, works for them really well. And they never really abandoned the the charm and the goofiness that they display on this album either. So I guess my takeaway with Kingmaster George is kind of a mix of like, man, I really wish they would have, you know, taken some of these sounds further. But at the same time, the sounds that they did stick with from this album, I absolutely love and I'm glad they developed it. They they found their niche. They found yeah. their sound. Th- this album was necessary, if yes, you ask me, yeah. in the development of Fishman's as a band, as an art project, and for the band members themselves personally, and it shows. Now, in Chappie Don't Cry, I made a point that Shinji had some experimentation at some points, and he'll usually have a song on an album where he gets really high and screechy mm. and it doesn't sound good. I don't really think he had that. Nope. On this album. No, he didn't. He, he will on the next album. But he does not have it in this album. And I think his performance is very spot on. A lot of experimentation, but he didn't really go into any direction that he couldn't handle. I agree. I agree. I mean, I actually think this album in particular has some of his best performances, period. Now, barring Uchinapan Setagaya and Long Season, I really, really enjoy Shinji's ability to hop into whatever style he wants and still nail it because he has such a unique voice like there aren't many singers that sound like Shinji Sato and I think that's greatly to his benefit because it it really gives Fishman's on top of you know all their goofy exterior a really distinct sound it's like the wind it's very you know it's airy and it's melodic and he can really put it into all these spaces and make it Bend. It's only when he just try when he lets it flow, it will always go to a good place. It's really relaxed, and he really puts his, you know, he plays with pitch, and he but he plays with uh, volume. He'll really come out with a note, and then he'll just let it kind of fade into some of the reverb. I just, it sounds great. Or he'll use his voice as more of like an instrument, yeah, than, than as a a vehicle for lyrics. Yeah, which is. He, which is he's good at as well. Yeah, you'll get a lot of that on later Fishman's projects. But yeah, I mean, what are just so just out of curiosity, what were some of the highlights that you guys had for this album? Mineral Water, definitely, and Natitano, Hundred Millimeter Choto. That whole like four song stretch right there is crazy. The first two tracks are also crazy good. You know, ba ba ba, like pop earworms. With every Fishman's album, the the rhythm section really kind of just like evolves, as as does the rest of the band. But there's there's a big difference between the the bass and the drums from Chappie to this album. The bass I feel like was just kind of just there, but there were some very distinct bass grooves in this album. He's not just like, hey guys, I'm the bass player, I'm just hanging out in the back. Uh, don't mind me. He's like, oh yeah, I'm oh, here. I'm laying down some fucking bass grooves. For me, both on Chappie and this album. 
no matter what he plays, he's going to be there because he's just so fat. The way he's playing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, all that, yeah. The I mean, way, his sound well, is always it, Like, he, he sounds so fat. I don't mean he is fat. No, I know, guys, I know what you yeah, mean. But, they're all very thin. And yes. <laughs> but, no, the, the bass sound is so ridiculously full and fat, and I that is one of the big things that I love about their sound. Hot dang thick with two Cs. Yeah. Absolutely. And the drums sound great, too. Yeah, I mean, I I completely agree, honestly. Like, Mineral Water... Not Tatano. I'm I'm a big fan of. I actually did enjoy Reindeer a lot. Yeah. Um, besides, like that that shoegaze part, that was a little much, but still solid, solid album. What do you think about the last three tracks, Mac? Honestly, the the ending is kind of where this album sours for me. Yeah. Uh, the last you know three or four tracks, especially the the narration by the producer at the end. I was like, mm. yeah, that was big <laughs> it, flop. Yeah. I mean, it was basically not to Tano again, and he was just talking over it. And I get, he was kind of, you know, highlighting the members again, which mm. they kind of do on every album. But I, I really thought they could have just ended it right around. Ameo Toko. That is the big criticism I have for the album. It's a little long. It's, just it's a little too, long. it's a little lengthy. And yeah. some of the tracks I feel like could have, been put away but I, I mean overall i think this one was a positive and a great stepping stone for them no they they learned their lesson because i the the next two fishman albums that i've heard are very punctual i don't know about the whole discography for that but they're very to the point and the pacing issues are fixed so they do it seems have learned their lesson from these first two endeavors yeah, see, in my opinion, Fishman's only goes up from here. They learn from every album, they take something from every album, and they build off of it, and build off of it, and build off of it, even when they change their sound. And that's kind of what I love about this band so much, and watching their evolution, or like going through their evolution, is you can you can hear, you can truly hear and see the development of them as artists. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I mean, I think... Kingmaster George was an interesting experiment and truly foundational to the development of the band and them finding their footing and exploring the sound that would become the traditional, the signature Fishman sound. You know, a mix of rock steady, dream pop, and psychedelic. It does fall flat. You know, I honestly still feel like at some points it does feel like they're just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. But most of it sticks. I think most of it lands pretty well. And I think there are a lot of key highlights here that are Fishman's staples. Natitano, Seafood Restaurant, Reindeer. There's a great batch of tracks here. And if you're looking for a nice, fun, and really all over the place Japanese album, give us one a listen. I mean, I think it's important to listen to this album if you're trying to understand the history of Fishman's and their development. So I think it's solid. I'm going to give it a seven and a half out of 10. For me, Kingmaster George greatly expands upon the sounds Fishman's established in their first album. Fishman's takes their music, writing, and production in a much more experimental, if sometimes eccentric, direction. 
while they retain some of their rocksteady sound, they branch out widely and into other genres, including R&B, funk, pop, psychedelic rock, and even elements of shoegaze, all of which, in my opinion, seamlessly incorporates into the sound of this album. Nothing really sounds forced or contrived. While I think the album could have benefited from being more concise and a little shorter, it's, it's a bit long. Like, it should have been maybe 45 minutes at most. Yeah, I would, I, I kind of agree with you there. Yeah. It's a still very well done production. It sounds just as fat and full as their first album, with tasteful yet invigorating sonic and rhythmic embellishments added in. I think this is a solid follow-up to their first album that takes the band in an engaging new direction, or maybe many new directions, while still maintaining their roots. I hope this is indicative of what's to come. I think this is an eight and a half out of ten. Well, well, well. Wow. I was I was not expecting that from you. Surprise. <sighs> no, I I really, really enjoyed it. Maybe I might be a little biased because of their later material, but Yeah. Well yeah, I was gonna say I I feel like me and James' opinions on the next album versus this album are gonna be flip flopped. We'll see. Perhaps. Uh, that's my early early prediction. But I'm 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 actually not sure how you're gonna react to Neo Yankees, James. All right, <laughs> we'll see. I love Neo Yankees. Yeah, I'm I'm taking it one at a time. Oh yeah, I oh I binged the first four. I mean, after we did Orange, and but once once the results from the poll were in that we were doing the fit first, we're doing Fishman's, we're doing the yeah. Fishman's discog. I. I re-listen to Orange, but I binged in order the first four Fishman albums in like a single day. Damn. I was, I became a Fishman at that point. Like I was. I'm converting people. I felt, I felt like yes. I was an unofficial member. I was like, oh my God. That, that was the real goal of this was to convert James and Garrett into Fishmans. Yes. Just kidding. Yes. I don't know what you're talking about. You're doing great so far. Yes. But, you know, while this album does have pacing issues, while it does have stylistic issues, while it, while it does have some questionable production and track listing choices, those can be overlooked by the impressive rhythm section, the steady and supple sounds of vocalist Benji. And the experimentation with not only tempo, but also keyboard sounds with various genres under the dream pop, Shibuya and reggae blankets. Make this album a very fun listen. Now, is it the most concise listen? Sometimes it's fun because it's crazy. Sometimes it's fun just because it's just fun and solid. Either way... It's kind of like a soup that you put a bunch of random ingredients into and you're just like, wow, this is probably going to be wild. But it's good. It, it's still good. It surprises you. A and that's, jambalaya. Yes, it is a jambalaya. And that is what Kingmaster George knocks out of the park is that it's wild, but it's fun. Now, it does go over time. I think this album should really have been about 43 minutes. I feel like that would have been 43, 45 minutes would have been perfect. Like the looking back, I do agree. The last two to three tracks probably should be cut off, and there are some tracks like uh, like Kage that I didn't really care for. A little too much rock steady at this point. If Fishman's decided to do another rock, like 
traditional rock steady, I would say that it is the gravy train is being discontinued. The bus has moved on from the station. This is this album was needed, but because it hit on as many cylinders as it could, I'm gonna also give this a seven out of ten. I think this was, like Max said, a beautiful mess. But the word beautiful is underlined, and mess is in a smaller font. Okay. (laughs) Interesting way to put it, Garrett. But yes, I agree. I think this is a great album. I think this is definitely a Fishman's album that you should check out. Would I say it's their best album? No. I definitely don't think it is. But I think it's one of the better albums in their discography, period. I'm actually very curious to see how you guys are going to react to Neo Yankees because that is the album where I truly feel they start to go in a dream pop direction and really fully embrace the Shibuya K sound that they would work with in their first couple of albums. So it's going to be interesting to say the least. But uh, that being said, any final thoughts on Kingmaster George? Nope. All good. Alrighty, well, this is Off The Key Podcast, and you're listening to Deep Dives. See you next time. for the intro and outro music also check out our link tree for where to follow us we are on instagram and facebook and a variety of streaming platforms and if you could give us a sub or a listen or even a follow it'd be greatly appreciated thanks guys see you later